So our scripture today comes from the Gospel of Matthew in the 13th chapter. Holy smokes, I opened it right up. That never happens. Starting in the first verse, and it says, That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up, while other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. So my first question is, and you can put this in comments, how many people in the church actually believed that I own overalls? Secondly, how many people actually thought I would ever wear them to worship? <laughs> it was Don Allen's, Allen's idea in our music meeting earlier this week because we're starting a new series called Growing Disciples. It's tied to the book that I've been using for our devotions called My One Word. And in this book, it teaches you to think through about how you want to choose a word to use as a focus for your faith this year. I've had Martin and Shelley read it, and they've picked their words, and we've shared those with our team leaders in December and asked them to think about it and how those words will apply to their ministries this year. But I want to invite everybody into this is an invitation for everyone into this opportunity. I've talked to the elders about it. They have their books. Um, they're picking them up. But I also want to be real clear that this is meant to be an opportunity, not meant to be one more thing. It's not supposed to make you feel bad or feel guilty or frustrated that man has asked you to do one more thing. I want us to think about it more like a decluttering, about making room and space and bringing some focus into this year. And the word I chose for the congregation after praying and chatting about it with God and changing it and coming back to it is actually in our title today, and my word is grow. Now, when this one kind of first came to me, I thought, that's not going to work. The, the church isn't even open this year. How can I even think about this word? But the more impossible it started to sound, the more it sounded like a God thing, like God's kind of coming up and being like, just see what I can do. So let's think about it. We've spent the last year with the word surviving, and we did it. And we learned, and we grew. But what if we went into the new year with this intention of growing, being surprised by what God may want to grow in this place, and not just things like numbers, which is fine if we grow more people on online worship, or we grow more people on our teams or new ministries, but also where do we need to grow? What do we need to grow out of? What do we need to grow theologically, how we think about God? How, where do we need to grow emotionally? What are all the areas we can grow in that God wants us to grow? And I realize before we can talk about growing outside of ourselves, we have to start by looking at ourselves, at our own soil or soul. And our parable today reveals Jesus says the same thing. There was a big crowd there that day, but this story initially was just for his own disciples to kind of prepare them. He, they're the only ones he explains it to later. It was for the ones who would be sharing the gospel first. He gives them the precious gift 
of this parable in worship and wonder. I, I meant to bring it up here, but there's a gold box that all the parable stories are in because they're gifts to us. Uh, they're meant to be a present for us to unpack, for us to dive into. So this parable reminds us, as we've talked about before, even pretty recently, God loves growing things. God's good at growing things. He starts the whole story with a garden. That's what God wants, a garden that's full of beautiful and delicious things that we can be together in. That's what God wants for us. God wants to sow seeds in us. God is the sower in this story. God knows what we need. God knows what will grow best in us. We learned and celebrated over Christmas the greatest seed that God's ever given us, the life, teachings, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's the best seed we can possibly grow. And at the beginning of the story, we know that God created each and every one of us and called us very good from the beginning. But as we also know, we're humans and there's free will. And there's the sin that stumbles into our lives. And then there's the sin we go chase after or invite into our homes. And it works its way into the soil of our lives. And it makes it harder for God to grow things that God wants to grow there. So I think our story today reminds us at a minimum, once a year, we need to check our soil. Check our soul soil. And nobody's excluded from this. I'm in this. Everybody's in this. Everybody needs to do this check-in. And God, or Jesus, gives examples in his parable today about what to look for. What are we, what are we examining the soil for? And I looked up some common soil problems and you know what it said was any gardener would say you if you don't check your soil before you plant anything it's going to affect how well things grow in it you know and it can change over time it can change by what you've planted in it or not planted in it my backyard's just full of a bunch of rock so it's that's going to cause its own problems and so just like the farmer does the gardener does we check the status or the state of our soul regularly to see if we're missing something or we have too much of something or something's blocking things. One of the most major problems with soil has to do with water. And there's two ways. You can either have too much or you don't have enough. Now dry soil is the easiest to connect to spiritual soil because too little water means you're not getting enough nourishment. You know, what it made me think of is the story of Jesus calls himself living water for a reason. He tells the Samaritan at the well, if you drink from me, you'll never be thirsty again. I don't know of anyone after this past year who could not be a little dry. Who could not need a little bit more of the living water that Jesus wants to offer us, to nourish us. So we may have to recheck what it is that does that. You know, I learned over sabbatical that Sherry will please hear this, listening to music just on a regular basis nourished me. Now, it might nourish me when I'm sad. It might nourish me when I'm angry. It might nourish me when I'm feeling good and I built it out in the house and nobody was there, so nobody minded what it sounded like. And sometimes it was sacred music. Sometimes it wasn't. But I'd realized I had stopped nourishing myself with that and rediscovered it. There might be something you used to do that you're like, gosh, why don't I do that anymore? That used to really feed me. I'm always going to say, find your way back into the Word, into the Bible. And I found the newest, easiest way. You may already have this on your phone, but there's a Bible Gateway app, and they will 
pop a verse for you every day, brand new verse every day, one verse. Takes less than a minute to read. I've been shocked at how much, it didn't line up as much today, but boy, I've been shocked at how it's lined up with my days where I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's a, little, that's a little poke from God right there. You could read a chapter a day. You could find your favorite, the devotional that worked for you a while ago, and you go, gosh, I haven't read that in a while. Maybe you find a new one. We have free ones that we offer here in the upper room every two months, a daily one. You can start by praying very early, first thing in the morning or right at the end of the day. It can affect your sleep or how you go into the whole of your day. And we'll talk more about this next week, but you would be surprised at what even a small amount of watering can do for your soul. How much your soul is hungry to soak it up. Because he says, Jesus says, the birds just snatch up the seeds on the path. They never get to get in. We don't want the birds to snatch up the new seeds that God may be planting right now in this moment, in this time, because we've walked over it without even noticing or refreshing it or allowing it to become good soil. But I also learned the other side is just as problematic, overwatering. It gets too saturated, then nothing can get in. Maybe you've said yes to too many things, or because of the pandemic, you haven't had a choice, and it's upturned everything in your life. May mean you can't hear. I thought about when you get underwater, when you jump in a pool and you're underwater, you can't hear what people are saying up above. It makes it too hard to hear something new that's trying to get in, drowning out any other new ideas or new growth. How do we get nourished so that our soil is good soil, not too dry, not too wet? The next thing Jesus brings up is how seeds fall on rocky ground, where the seeds start to shoot up, but they can't grow any roots, and so it just gets scorched. Again, everybody's got rocky and hard places. Everybody. This is one of those stories where we're all in it. You know, I like the stories where I can point to somebody else, but it's like, nope, nope, these are me too. And the one I thought about with rocks is sometimes, and this is true in my yard, sometimes you look, and the rock only looks like, you know, this big. Like, that's not a, we can work around that. That's not a big deal. Until you start to dig. And then you're like, hmm, that's, that's a little more rock than I thought it was. And you keep digging. And it ends up covering this huge area. So there's no way anything could have grown in any of that because it's gotten so hard and you didn't even know it was there or it was blocking things out. It's when we aren't willing to budge or move on something. You know, it grows over the years. We don't even notice that it's happened. I still remember uh, when Chad was talking about the coffee area and he wanted to move uh, the library and he said, my whole body, I mean, I literally crossed my arms <laughs> Step back on my legs, and he's like, you know, you're doing that thing. <laughs> you're doing that thing. And I was like, right, but this is my thing. This is my thing I've been working on. This is my thing that I've, I've cared about. And he had to point out. And some are small, some are big. You know? And sometimes rocks take time. Like, sometimes they're little rocks, and you can talk them out. But like I said, if it's been one that's been in the ground for a long time, it might be slow work. It might have to be intentional work where you can't see it quite yet, you're like, we're never going to get this thing out. How are we ever going to move this? But it's only when it's been moved that you can see all the rich soil 
around it or underneath it. It can be something big or it can be something small and individual in your own life. I have one small example, and Don Allen said I could use it. We were talking about the Christmas Eve service and how, especially the late service and how important that service was to him, and he just wasn't sure how we were going to be able to do it this year, and he said what he loves the most is when we turn the lights off and we start the light from up here and you watch it grow as it goes around the sanctuary. And he said, you know, it creates such a sense of intimacy that we're all there together. And he just thought, I don't know how we're going to be able to do that. And he thought nothing could replace it. But of course, the Allens were there at our zoo. We did a Zoom at 1130 at night, and the Allens were there. I saw them all around their computer. And he said, you know, he was shocked and delighted that seeing people light their candles, even on a screen, even when we couldn't all be together, proved to still be meaningful. It proved to still be intimate. He had some good soil that God was willing to plant seeds in even under the circumstances he wouldn't have chosen. He revealed good soil for God to plant in that night that worship can be different and not the way we're used to, but God can still make it meaningful. That the gospel can still show up. The Christ child was still born that night. Because we so often just try to work around the rocks instead of really digging them up. And Jesus says the growth will always be limited. Because we also like quick. We like simple. We like straightforward. We like from A to B. I like it in a sermon. I like to move from here to here. But sometimes we have to make room for roots because that's what really makes something last. What if this is the year that some big and small rocks get dug up to create fertile ground? for God to grow. This is why we check. This is why we keep checking the soil. And finally, Jesus talks about seeds getting choked out by thorns. And he says they grow up. Those thorns don't just appear out of nowhere. They grow up. And the only word I could think about is talking about thorns is thorny. Because thorns are about being hurt. And about when we have hurt others either directly or indirectly. I, when I was writing it, I got sweaty just thinking about it because I have to think about myself and the times I know that I have hurt people and the times I know that I have been hurt. And Jesus talks about how they, they choke out what God wants to grow in us. And they can silence us so that we can't speak or voices so that we, kill, we can't hear them anymore. And they may be our own. We've been shut down so many times or criticized enough or the, the system's so complicated we just give up. But I also know God's ability to take hurts and pains and brokenness and absolutely transform them. Because what a seed looks like when it starts is nothing what it looks like when it grows. And the only way that that happens is when the seed gets broken. So may we never, never undervalue or underestimate what our brokenness and our hurt can also teach us.
and also allow us to empathize and sympathize with others who have also been hurt or broken. I learned about a congregation recently, a colleague of mine in one of my groups about, they did all this work around their, their board and their board had been traditionally a permission giving board, you know, the a yes or no, or you can or you can't, and it's been transformed into what they call, hold on, I can find the word, what the word they used, um, an empowering board. And it completely changed how they saw their work, that it wasn't about why it wasn't going to work, it was about how can we make this work. And that simple shift, that simple turn, completely changed the feeling of that team, that ministry, that, that work, those leaders, like, they saw themselves in this whole new way. Again, it cleared space. It made room. It, it gave them a language of possibility, of growth, of newness. And their story and so many stories remind me, and this story reminds me again and again that we have the power to check the soil, to change the soil, to water the soil. And I think that's ultimately what we want. It's what God wants, because God, Jesus also tells us there's also good soil. So much good soil. That can be amazing growth. It can be 30 times, it can be 60 times, it can be 100 times more than we've ever expected if we get the ground ready. If we do our part, God does the really hard part. God does the sowing, we have to notice the seeds are there in the first place before the birds snatch them away. We have to give ourselves the right amount of water and nourishment, feed ourselves spiritually, saying yes to some things and no to others. We try not to be, have too many rocks or too many thorns stopping growth or choking it out before it ever gets a chance to get started. We can do this. We have done this. We are people of good news that with openness and with grace, both to ourselves and to everybody else, we might be shocked at what God can grow. Because the best news is that God is the sower, not us. God's planting seeds all the time, every day. We just want to be the good soil that can produce the 30, the 60, or the 100-fold. We aren't the seeds. We don't make them grow. That's up to God. That's up to Jesus. And that's good news. We just have control into what they're planting into. Are we open to new experiences, to new ideas, to new ways of doing things? Are we full of grace, as I said, to ourselves and to others? And in the book, it's asking the question, what do we really want to grow in our lives in comparison to what we are growing? How can we get ready to grow some things we couldn't have possibly imagined? Now, be aware, when you plant seeds, sometimes stuff doesn't grow. Even if you've done all the prep, even if you've followed all the instructions, I can say this from personal experience if you see some of the plants in my house. But it doesn't mean I don't keep trying. It doesn't mean I don't plant something else and something does work, and then the delight in that is all the more. We just till the soil again and again and try again. 
Because one of the many gifts of this parable is that God does this mysterious, awesome work in the dark where we can't even see it. In the moments when we least expect the shoot to come forth, down where dirt and water and light and s- come together with a tiny seed to be completely transformed. God has already given us the best seed to plant, which is Jesus. Gives us the possibility of being the best soil to plant in. To create a garden and a kingdom full of beautiful, delicious things where all are welcomed to walk and wander with God. So just one more story of the power of good soil. I heard a couple of weeks ago from a church member who said, she doesn't remember what sermon it was, which is fine, but in the sermon it said something about the Center for Lay Ministry had needed help, which could have been a bunch of different sermons, as you all know, but it was making a specific request to help them, and so she was really feeling compelled by that. She she heard it and really processed it, and so she ended up putting it on uh, a neighborhood group online that she was a part of, just saying, just let you know, they're needing some support. Can anybody do anything? And just a couple, pe- you know, two or three people responded, which that's, we'll take that, that's 30, you know, that's the 30 growth, and she'd heard back from them, and then later, she heard from someone who wasn't even in the group, but heard about the group later, or was part of it, what wasn't in the neighborhood, and they said, hey, we, I'm a part of an organization, and we have some funds that we need, we need to give away, and so we think this could be a good place to do it. She's like, great, she's thinking a couple hundred dollars, she's like, would $5,000 be okay? She said, yes, <laughs> $5,000 would be fine. Uh, and then, a few, I don't know if it was a few days later, a few weeks later, he's like, actually, I think it's going to be 15. Now, nothing I said was magic. Only thing that happened was, was that person from our church had soil willing to have something planted, some gospel got in there and said, well, maybe I could do this thing. And that sprung a different thing. And then there's a harvest that none of us in that moment, whenever it got said, whoever had said it, had it been Chad or had it been Nancy or had it been, whoever said it, none of us would have thought, oh, you know what's going to come out of this? $15,000 from someone not associated with us. God wants to do impossible things. God loves growing things. God's good at it. God has possibilities we haven't even thought of yet bigger plans for us than we can imagine. And God has given us the gifts of this word and these stories and of his son. We can do it. We know how. We can be good soil. And God can plant great things.